This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm Taylor Travis, your host, the Locked On Aggies podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your source for everything Texas A&M athletics. This episode is going to wrap up the first week of Locked On Aggies, and I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who's listened to the show, who's rated the show on Apple Podcasts, who supported this, who's followed the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. I just want to say thank you. I appreciate it. It means a lot. I couldn't do this without you, the listener. So I hope that you uh, hang on, keep listening moving forward. And if you're new to the show, if this is the first time that you listen, thank you again. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm Taylor Travis. In case you don't know who I am, I'm a regular on Sports Radio 1150 in the Zone 102.7 FM in College Station. I'm a swing host. I'm a reporter. I'm also an anchor on News Talk 1620 WTAW in College Station. I went to school at AM. I've covered AM for quite some time, around five years now. So I'm really familiar with the program. I'm really familiar with just about every sport that goes on there. I'm a big AM fan. So to be able to do this podcast, Locked On Aggies, every day, it's really it's a privilege. It's something I look forward to every day. I'm really enjoying it so far. And I hope that you, the listener, have enjoyed listening to it as well as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. A lot to get to today. It's Bama week. The game is 24 hours from now, or about 24 hours from now, depending on what time of day you're listening to this. But it's a day away from the Texas A&M-Alabama game, 2.30 kickoff on CBS from Tuscaloosa. Alabama coming into the game ranked number one, Texas A&M ranked number 22. Alabama heavy favorites. The line has moved down just a little bit. Alabama favored by 26 points now. Remember yesterday, it was 27.5. It's moved down to 26 uh, I might revisit that just a little bit and decide if I think Texas A&M will still cover. I watched the Alabama Ole Miss game again last night just to kind of see if there's any weaknesses that I can see on this Alabama football team. We'll get to that later on. Uh, I'll also want to mention Texas A&M soccer just a little bit. We'll also talk about three things that Texas A&M needs to do in order to get a win or hang in the game against Alabama on Saturday, tomorrow. And I'm also going to talk about some matchups to watch, and I'll also give my final predictions, of course. The game tomorrow, can't wait. And if we have time, I'll go around the SEC, look at some other matchups in the conference, and give my take on those as well. First of all, Texas A&M soccer, they were off to their best start in program history. Ten wins, no losses, no ties. Coach G. Guerrero doing a fantastic job with that team. There's so much talent. They were ranked number two coming into the game last night against Arkansas and Fayetteville. But they dropped their first game of the year. Fayetteville, tough place to play. Arkansas always has a solid team, but they lost last night 3-2. to So now they're 10-1. and They had won a school record 25 games in a row. 25 matches in a row. Regular season matches. Of course, they lost in the tournament last year. But 25 regular season games in a row, including the 10-game win streak to start this year's campaign. So they're still off to a fantastic start, even though they dropped one to Arkansas last night. But they'll be back in action on Sunday night at Ellis Field, 7 o'clock against Georgia. Georgia, another one of those good SEC teams. There's a lot of really good soccer teams in the SEC. It seems like it's that way with every sport. I mean, football, the SEC is year in and year out, arguably the best conference. Baseball as well. Name a bad baseball program in the SEC. It's hard to do. It seems like every program has a really good baseball team. Uh, That's just what the SEC is known for. I mean, just really good athletic programs. Uh, basketball has had its down years, but they still have really good programs. It's just year in and year out in every sport. It seems like the SEC is competitive 
and it's no different in soccer. It's going to be a really tough schedule for A&M, but that being said, they're a very, very talented team. Again, ranked second in the country. They have girls like Kendall Ritchie, Allie Watt. They're a goalie. Set Morche is one of the best in the conference. I could see this Aggie soccer team making a really deep run in the tournament this year, and I think they're as good as anybody in the country, and they have a really legitimate shot at taking home the national title this year. So I just wanted to give a mention to Coach G. Guerrero and the soccer team. It's something that we don't talk about enough on the show. They've done a really fantastic job this year. They're off to a great start. Ten wins, one loss, ranked second in the country. So kudos to them. We hope they keep it rolling. All right, so up next on the Locked On Aggies podcast, again, it's Alabama week. Texas A&M takes on Alabama tomorrow, 2.30 in Tuscaloosa on CBS. It's kind of the primetime game, if you will. Of course, CBS has the uh, game of the week in the SEC. So the 2.30 game is considered the primetime slot, the game of the week. So 2.30, CBS, Texas A&M, Alabama, number one versus number two. In just a little bit, I'm going to give my three things Texas A&M has to do if they want to beat Alabama. It's going to be a tough task. Alabama looking like, well, they are the best team in college football, but they're looking like one of the best teams in college football history early on, the way they're beating the teams they're playing. I mean, they just completely dismantled Louisville in their opener. They beat Arkansas State badly, and they came out and beat Ole Miss in Oxford 62-7, to shut down one of the best offenses in the SEC. They look really, really good. But what does A&M need to do to have a chance to beat Alabama? We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But before we do that, I want to tell you a little bit about my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, I mean, it's been a week now. And ever since I started talking on the radio, talking football, it seems like a lot of people come up to me and they say, hey, who's going to cover this spread? What's the over-under going to turn out to be? Who's going to win this game? And I can give you the best advice that I can give. I can give you my best guess. But bottom line, I don't know. But what I do know is I wouldn't recommend a service to you that hasn't been good to me. And that's my bookie. My bookie, the best in the business as far as online sports betting goes. And right now, they're absolutely slammed with new bettors. It's a growing company. More and more people are jumping on board. It's college football season. It's a busy time. But they want to give you the best service possible. And they're doing that by having a new promotion right now. And what that is, is if you deposit before 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. That's a $25 free play on any deposit over $100. Join now. My bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. That's right, dollar for dollar. Now, what do you have to do? You have to go to the website, enter promo code ONCOLLEGE25 to activate the offer. ONCOLLEGE25 is the promo code. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE25 when you make your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. I also want to tell you about a new podcast here in the Locked On Podcast Network, and that's Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. It's fantasy football season. It's well underway. The NFL started a couple weeks ago. We're in week three now, so you're probably looking for some help on your fantasy football team. If you're anything like me, you're dealing with some injuries already, but I have the perfect place for you to go to to get that help, and that's the Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 podcast. It gives you all the latest news, the waiver suggestions, uh, injury news, the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast, filled with experts as well. An amazing guest every day. On Monday, you have Tom Kessenich. On Tuesday, you have Eric Edholm. On Wednesdays, you have Jeff Ratliff and Tyler Lochner. The list goes on and on. But if you need help with fantasy football, if you just want to hear from the experts, I strongly recommend the Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source of everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, an on-air personality, a reporter, a producer, an anchor at Sports Radio 1150 in the Zone 102.7 FM in College Station. By the way, if my voice sounds a little funny, if I seem a little foggy-brained, I'm a little bit under the weather, so I'm fighting, I'm playing sick, I'm trying to have a Michael Jordan flu game type podcast, so... Bear with me, it's Alabama week. Of course I have to bring my A-game. Texas A&M's going to have to bring their A-game as well if they want a chance to hang with the Crimson Tide. And I spent some time last night re-watching the Alabama Ole Miss game trying to figure out if there's any weakness on that Alabama team that Texas A&M can expose or if they're really as good as I thought they were. And to be honest with you, I think it's the latter. I think this Alabama team is really, really good. And I think at the end of the season, if they take home the national championship, which I think they will... We're going to look back on this team and think, wow, this was probably the best team we've ever seen in college football. Because the way they're playing right now, there is no weaknesses on that team. I know a lot of people said the secondaries can be a weakness going into the season. And they started off a little bit rough. They gave up a good chunk of passing yards to Louisville. They gave up a good chunk of passing yards to Arkansas State, who, by the way, has a really underrated quarterback in Justice Hansen, who I think is one of the better quarterbacks in college football, actually. And then against Ole Miss, going into that game, I thought that was going to be the biggest test. I thought that was going to be what really uh, determined how good Alabama really was. And if you remember, the first play from scrimmage of that game was a 75-yard bomb from Jordan Tiamu to DK Metcalf. And I thought, oh boy, okay, maybe this Alabama secondary isn't as good as I was thinking. But after that play, the Alabama defense gave up 56 total pass yards 56. So, yeah, to say that they're a weakness, I think, isn't really accurate. They are inexperienced. They are inexperienced. I will give you that. But you have to remember, inexperienced doesn't mean bad. They're still really good athletes. They're still really good football players. And this Alabama team, at least from my perspective, doesn't really have a weakness. They can beat you in so many ways. Offense, defense, special teams. There's very few teams who they can beat you in all three of those aspects of the game. And the few teams that can beat you in all three aspects of that game, uh, they're usually in contention for the national title year in and year out. That's why at the end of the year, every season, we see Alabama right there in the mix of the college football playoff. It's going to take a near-perfect game from Texas A&M. But I spent some time on it, and I narrowed it down to three things that Texas A&M has to do to have a chance to beat Alabama. I Still, I stand by what I said on yesterday's show. I really don't think Texas A&M has much of a chance to beat this Alabama team. But if they're going to beat them, they have to do these three things. And it starts with doing the obvious things. And I know that sounds stupid, maybe. But in order to beat a team like Alabama, you have to do the obvious things. Number one, no turnovers. Kellen Mond hasn't thrown an interception all year. He's uh, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. The only player in the FBS with 800 passing yards eight touchdowns and no interceptions. He's going to go into Tuscaloosa. He's still a sophomore. It's going to be a really tough environment to play in. And you're asking a lot out of Kellen Mond to go in there and play a perfect game. But that's what it's going to take. And he probably knows that. But he can't put too much pressure on himself. He's going to have to stay composed. I know it's going to be really hard to do. But Texas A&M really can't afford a single turnover. They really can't. When you look at how good that Alabama offense is, I really don't see them getting too many stops. And one turnover might be too much to overcome. It really will. So Texas A&M cannot turn the ball over. That's such a big key for them. They're going to have to convert their third downs, especially their third and shorts. 
Uh, I know that seems obvious, but that's something that Texas a really has to do to win this game. They're going to have to convert in the red zone. When they get the ball inside the 20, they're going to have to take advantage of those opportunities. We saw that come back to bite them against Clemson. Remember Daniel LaCamera early in the first quarter had that 26-yard field goal attempt that sailed wide right, a chip shot. LaCamera is a really talented kicker. He is. He's a really, really good kicker. It's unfortunate that he's hurt because Seth Small, the true freshman, you know, by the way, I haven't brought this up yet this week, but Seth, Seth Small, a true freshman from Katy, going into Tuscaloosa if it's a close game late, he has to make a big kick. That's a lot of pressure for a freshman with not a lot of experience under his belt. That could play a big factor in the game. But that being said, when Texas A&M gets into the red zone, which can be tough to do against this Alabama defense, but when they get there, they have to come away with touchdowns, at the very least a field goal. They have to come away with points. Because if they don't, that's almost like a turnover. When you get inside the 20 and you don't score, it feels a whole lot like a turnover. You're giving Alabama life. If Texas A&M gets in the red zone and comes up empty, again, that might spell disaster. That might be all she wrote. That might be all it takes for Alabama to win this game. They have to get Alabama off the field on third down. They have to. They have to. Tua Tungo Viola, Alabama's quarterback, stud, best quarterback in the SEC, on third downs this year. He's 13 for 13. 13 for 13, six touchdowns. Unbelievable. You have to get Alabama off the field on third down to give yourself a chance. You cannot let those drives keep going because they will find the end zone eventually. Tua Tungo Viola has been on the field for 15 drives for Alabama. I'm sorry, 20 drives. 15 have resulted in a touchdown. So if you let Alabama convert those third downs, it's going to spell disaster for you because they're going to find the end zone and you're going to look up the scoreboard. You're going to be down a lot of points really quick. Also, no penalties. I remember against Louisiana Monroe on Saturday. It was one of my takeaways from the game, one of my three bad things on Tuesday's episode. The Louisiana Monroe game, Texas A&M saw, I believe it was three or four touchdowns called back because of holding calls. They shot themselves in the foot. And it goes beyond that. But they just can't be giving Alabama extra yards. They can't be moving backwards on offense. If you're going to beat a good team on the road, that's one of the keys to any game is you can't have stupid penalties, whether it's a holding call, whether it's a face mask, a pass interference, whatever it is, you just can't let that happen. And that's another key to the game. Again, they have to do all the obvious things. All that's one big key to the game. That's number one. Number two, they're going to have to establish the run game because you can't beat a team like Alabama by being one-dimensional. I'm confident that Kellen Mond and the Texas A&M receivers are going to be able to move the ball against this Alabama defense. But if they can't run the ball as well, it's going to be a long night. They're going to have to establish that run game somehow, some way. We saw against Clemson, against arguably the best defensive line in college football history, that Clemson defensive line has three projected first-round draft picks, another guy who's projected to go in the second, four All-Americans total, whether it's the first team or the second team. But we saw Texas A&M go up against them, and Travion Williams just had nowhere to go. He had nowhere to run. I think he ran for a total 28 yards. I mean, that, if you're going to do that against Alabama, you don't have a chance. So Texas A&M somehow, some way, is going to have to establish that run game. And it all starts up front. Eric McCoy, who's probably not going to be 100% if he's able to play, coming off that sprained knee. Ryan McCollum, fresh off the arrest for reckless driving after, after the uh, Louisiana Monroe game. We're still not sure his status. We don't know if he's going to suit up. But if Eric McCoy's not 100%, somebody's going to have to step up. It goes all the way across that offensive line. They're going to have to make big plays because Alabama up front is very, very solid. They're no Clemson. I still think Clemson has a better front, but that Alabama defensive line, that entire front seven, 
is very good. And Texas A&M is going to have to establish the run game. They're going to have to be able to move the ball on the ground if they want a chance at winning this game. And this kind of this is 2A and 2B for me. They're going to have to give Kellen Mond protection, and they're going to have to give him time to throw. Because we saw against Clemson, he was having to scramble all over the place, keep his eyes downfield, and yeah, it worked against Clemson. But when you're in a position where you can't afford a single turnover, and I know Kellen Mond, he went through the Clemson game without throwing a single pick, but doing it on the road in Tuscaloosa against Alabama, that's a lot to ask. But they're going to have to give him time to throw, time to find a receiver and throw the ball downfield and get chunk plays. It's going to be tough. And I, that puts a lot of pressure on both A&M tackles, Carson Green and Dan Moore, two guys who don't have a lot of experience. But those Alabama outside linebackers are monsters. They blitz a lot, and they're going to get to Kellen Mond if the tackles, Carson Green and Dan Moore, don't show up to play. It could make for a long night if they have a rough day in Tuscaloosa. My third key to the game, and it's kind of obvious. We talked about this a lot on yesterday's show, but the secondary is going to have to play well. The secondary hasn't really had a good game since the beginning of the season. You look at Northwestern State, and I know Texas A&M only gave up seven points that game, but they gave up some chunk plays through the air. You look at the Clemson game. One of the reasons that they couldn't seal the deal was because they would have Clemson in maybe a third down situation, and the secondary would give up a good big play. You look at the uh, play from Trevor Lawrence to T. Higgins, where it looked like they had good coverage, they gave up the completion, and then Derek Tucker came in, missed the tackle, and then boom, long touchdown. You cannot let that happen against Alabama because as good as Trevor Lawrence is, as much playmakers as Clemson has on the field on offense, Alabama is so much better. We've seen that night in and night out since the start of the season against Arkansas State, against Louisville, against Ole Miss. Tua Tungo-Viola is the real deal. We always said that Alabama is going to be a very good football team. Well, they were always a very good football team, but that offense is going to become very, very, very good when they get that elite quarterback, and they have it. They have the elite quarterback with Tua Tungo-Viola. They move the ball with ease each game. Texas A&M can't afford to give up the big plays. They're going to have to be able to, to lock down and keep Tua Tungo-Viola under control. They're going to have to force a turnover at some point. They're going to have to play the best game of the year if they want a chance to win this game. Because right now, looking at the Texas A&M secondary and looking at how they played against Clemson, I really don't see this team getting any stops. I see Alabama scoring a lot of points. And that's why you go back to the one number one key, do all the obvious things, don't turn the ball over. One turnover might be too much. Because I really don't see this Texas A&M defense getting a stop the way they've played so far this year. Their run defense has been solid. But through the air, they're giving up a lot of yards. And they're going to have to figure out something because it's not going to be easy against Tua Tungo-Viola and how he's able to spread the ball everywhere, throw darts. It's going to be really, really, really tough. In a little bit, I'm going to give my final prediction. We're going to look at the spread once again since it's moved from 27.5 to 26. But before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about FanDuel. Now, I'm a big daily fantasy guy. I'm a big fantasy football guy in general. So I really like FanDuel because FanDuel has a lot of different options, a lot of different games to play that are a little bit different from your typical fantasy football game. And one of my favorites is called Guru. Now, Guru is a new tool that makes building smarter lineups simple for fans of all skill levels. What you do is say, for instance, you draft Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. What that tool does is it calculates the best receivers, the best running backs to draft that pair the best with Kirk Cousins or whatever quarterback you draft. This new tool allows you to be more confident than ever 
which allows you to draft a better team, which will probably result in more money, more winnings in your pocket. Again, FanDuel.com, my favorite daily fantasy site. I wouldn't recommend it to you if I didn't love it. And there's so many other tools and games as well. Beat the score, gridiron pick them. The list goes on and on. I recommend you heading over to FanDuel right now to see for yourself and start playing. I'll be playing on Sunday. I hope to see you there, FanDuel.com. I also want to take a moment to tell you about something the Locked On Podcast Network is doing. They're expanding with college shows. You have this show, Locked On Aggies. You also have Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Seminoles, Locked On Sooners is out there, Locked On Bama. The list goes on and on and on. If you're a sports fan, if you're a college fan, it's only a matter of time before your college team is included as well. So keep an eye out and find your favorite college show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anywhere you can find a podcast, you'll find it there. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Texas A&M, Alabama, 230 CBS on Saturday in Tuscaloosa, number one versus number two, a big matchup for both teams. Texas A&M kicking off SEC conference play. Same with Alabama. They're both making their SEC conference openers on Saturday. But I want to revisit the spread. It's 26, the over-under 61. What should you do with that? That's a good question. We talked about that yesterday, but it's time I give my final prediction. I keep bringing this up, and the reason why I keep bringing this up is I think it's just the key to the game. It's the one thing that's keeping A&M from being able to hang in the game and that's the fact that the Texas A&M secondary has shown me nothing to make me believe that they can slow down this Alabama offense that looks like the best offense in college football. That being said, I think Alabama scores 50 points for the fourth game in a row. I really do. I think the final score of this game is going to be 52-24. to 24. I think Texas A&M is going to be able to move the ball a little bit. I think Kellen Mond, the way he's played so far this year, he's a really talented quarterback. He's a dual-threat type guy who Alabama has had trouble with in the past. The Texas A&M receivers, they've stepped up in a big way as well. Anybody from Jamon Osmond to Kendrick Rogers to uh, Rashad Paul, Cam Buckley, which, by the way, Kendrick Rogers, I believe he's healthy. Jimbo Fisher said he'd be good to go. I think last week he missed the game because of an ankle sprain. It's one of those deals where if they were playing a team like Alabama or if it was an SEC conference game, he would have probably suited up. I think he'll be fine for Alabama. He'll be ready to play. But I think the Texas A&M offense is just good enough to where they'll be able to score a few touchdowns. I think they'll be able to score 24, but your final score will be 52-24. to 24. Alabama covers the spread. That's 28, if my math is right. I'm not a math guy, but yep, it's 28. The spread's 26. Alabama covers. The over-under is 61 in this game. That would crush the over. That would be a total of 76 points, so you wouldn't even be sweating it. But I think that's probably the easiest bet is the 61 over under because Alabama is going to score a ton of points. Even if they score 45, I could still see Texas A&M scoring in the 20s and you would get that. It's going to be a relatively high scoring game. It really is. It's going to be really one sided, but Texas A&M is going to be able to move the ball. They'll score, but Alabama just can't be stopped. I haven't seen a single thing from the Texas A&M secondary that leads me to believe that Texas A&M is going to be able to slow down Tua Tungo Viola and all those talented receivers. So that being said, again, my final prediction, Alabama 52, Texas A&M 24. Alabama covers the 26-point spread. The uh, over-under 61 goes way over at 76. So take it with a grain of salt. I've been wrong before. 
I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Like I said, I'm a Texas A&M fan, but just looking at these two teams, looking at Alabama, looking at Texas A&M, I think it's a huge mismatch, and I really think Alabama wins 52-24. to Now, keep this in mind. A 52-24 to loss to Alabama is not a bad thing if you're Texas A&M. I don't think it says anything about where Texas A&M is at as a program. I don't think it says anything about the progress they've made under Jimbo Fisher. I think Jimbo Fisher's done a really good job with the program. I think the culture's changed so much. We saw that against Clemson. I just think Alabama is on a completely different level than any other team in college football. They are so good that I don't think any team in college football right now could beat them. We're looking at one of the best teams in college football history. We're looking at a team that's so well-rounded on defense, on special teams, and has such a talented offense that there's really no team in college football that can hang with them. There's not. Maybe a Georgia, maybe an LSU during that rivalry game might be able to get them, maybe. But I still don't see it. This Alabama team is special, and if Texas A&M gets blown out on Saturday like they think I think they will, it's really not a big deal. Fans shouldn't panic. I hope the team doesn't panic. I hope they realize that they lost to a really good football team because I still think Texas A&M is really good. They're way ahead of schedule under Jimbo Fisher. I could see nine wins happening. I could see, I think they have a chance to win every game on schedule after Alabama. I really do. So I don't want to get ahead of myself and say 10, 10 wins is in play, but I think it is. I really do. The sky's the limit for this Texas A&M team. It really is. A loss to Alabama doesn't say anything about the progress that Jimbo Fisher has made. And I just want to make that clear that a blowout to Alabama is nothing to hang your head about. I do think they'll hang in there for a little bit before Alabama runs away with it. But again, my prediction, Alabama 52, Texas A&M 24. That's going to do it for the show today. I'm Taylor Travis, your host, Locked On Aggies, your source for Texas A&M athletics. We'll talk to you on Monday morning. We'll recap the game on Saturday. Again, Texas A&M, Alabama, 2.30 CBS on Saturday from Tuscaloosa. But on Monday morning, we'll give a recap. I'll give some of my takeaways. But until then, enjoy a Saturday filled with college football. Again, thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, your source, your daily source for all things Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.